This weekend, we went to a high school rodeo at the Lazy E Arena down near Guthrie, Oklahoma. And the Lazy E is a fabulous indoor uh, and outdoor rodeo facility, and it's a huge ranch, and mares and colts are in beautiful green traps all around the acreage, and, and beautiful white fences, and, and flowers, and of course, there's a lake right beside the arena. We parked within throwing, I mean, literally throwing distance of the lake, and and, and we love going to high school rodeos because the fellowship is awesome, uh, so much in common, and Cassidy is just having a tremendous senior year, and and we look forward to going to high school rodeos. And, and we go in Kansas. But the border bash is something new we've been doing the last three years where it's all Kansas and Oklahoma. So it's at this magnificent facility. And we get to see all of our friends from Kansas. And we get to see all of our friends from Oklahoma. Because we were really torn which state to go high school rodeo in. We look forward to this weekend more than anything all year. We just really do. And it's just, it's just, and it was sunny in 75, and Cassidy won second in the barrel average for Kansas, and so it was all, it was just fantastic, and I was able to do the church service. Last year, Oklahoma did, Kansas did this year, and they asked me to come do the church service, and I, I was so, I mean, all year I've been waiting for this church service. I couldn't wait. And the day before, Saturday, the day before, a gentleman come up to me that it was uh, barely an acquaintance. I know who he was. He knew who I was. He trains horses in western Oklahoma, in Elk City. I knew he puts on a big open roping, and they train horses, and, and uh, I knew his reputation, and, um, and, and he knew me. And he came up to me and said, Justin, he said, um, I'd like to speak at church tomorrow if that's okay. And part of me was like, Oh, no. But see, I knew, I knew part of his story. And the rest of me was jumping up and down. You see, my, 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 my soulish man, my, my will, my emotions was wanting to be selfish. And my ego was... Ste- see, the ego lives in our soulish man. My ego was wanting to work there. But my spirit, when he said that... My spirit was jumping up and down. My spirit, man, was just going crazy on the inside of me, and it hadn't stopped yet. And I know I don't go past 8 o'clock, but folks, you just better get ready because we're probably going to tonight. I'm telling you what, if you do not want fired up, get your butt up and leave right now. I'm telling you. But if you want to grow, if you want to be everything that God created and called you to be, then you buckle up and you hold on tight. You get a, you get a piece of paper. I don't care if you're, if you're writing on the tithe envelope. I don't care if you're writing on your... Get a pen. Get your phone out. Send yourself a message tonight. There's going to be something that, that you, that's going to stick with you for life. It's going to change everything. So I'm just warning you ahead of time. It may get a little wild. I'm going to tell you something else. I'm going to say some things a lot of you have never heard before. I'm going to say some things that you're going to step back and go, I'm not sure I believe that. That's fine. I'm going to share some things tonight that have taken me to a new level of understanding that's built a fire in me. I know it works because I've come out of a shell. And if you've been coming here the last few weeks, you know it's true. You know I don't spend a lot of time behind that pulpit anymore. 
I don't spend a lot of time looking at notes anymore. Because the Spirit of God is alive in me. And I want everybody I'm around to have what I got. Now, if I, and, and I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I might be wrong. But what I'm sharing with you tonight is what works for me. The gentleman, his name's Kent Thiessen. Some of you will know this name because last December, his son, his son was at a team roping, a freshman in high school, Chance Thiessen. His son was at a team roping. Hold on a second. Thank you guys for coming. Gene and Janice, I just want you to know that I love you. Okay. All right. This is a family we've been praying for. They lost their son two weeks ago in that car wreck at Deering. Lord, I just thank you right now for a supernatural peace. Lord, I thank you that you're real and we can trust you. Lord, I thank you that your love is all-consuming if we'll allow it. So, Lord, I thank you that your blessing is just raining down on this family. They're going to have peace that they never knew they had before. They're going to have opportunities to show your goodness and your grace and even your joy through the horrible situation. Lord, I thank you that you're going to give them everything they need to be the light of the world in this dark time. In Jesus' name, amen. Chance Thiessen's a freshman in high school. He's at a team roping in Las Vegas. His horse goes down, and it was one of the worst wrecks anybody had ever seen. One of the worst wrecks ever, anybody had ever seen. The paramedics rushed to his side. A couple of friends rushed to his side. Trey Johnson, who most of you know, who comes here a lot from Texas, was there at the team roping, roping himself as an evangelist. He, God told him to run out there and start praying. By this time, Chance's dad, Kent Thiessen, was on the scene. There was a nurse came out of the stands who went down there because it was horrific. And when they got there, the dad saw the paramedic look at the nurse and slump over and shake his head. The nurse then went to check the vitals as well. She too then went and shook her head. The dad, Kent, who came to me and wanted to speak and share this testimony, his heart sank. Trey Johnson who is one of my spiritual fathers, his heart didn't sink. And he started praying. Not just a prayer begging God like 99.9% .9 of our prayers are, but he spoke a prayer of authority over that young man's life. And when he got done praying... Air went back into his lungs. 
his pulse and his heart rate started picking up. Color came back in. He did not regain consciousness. But everything changed. The paramedic stepped back. And the nurse stepped back. Trey Johnson took authority. You can believe what you want. I don't care. But I know that I've heard the same story from three different people. And it was exactly the same way every time I heard the story. From eyewitnesses that were there. Chance went on to the hospital. They said he'll be here for a month. He was there for five days. When he was there on the third and fourth day, they said he will never be the same. He'll basically be a vegetable. He walked out of the hospital in five days. Yeah. Now, this dad sharing this testimony. He said, this is where it's going a bit, might be divisive. He said, I used to believe that God had everything planned out and that God had a reason for my son to have that wreck. But he said, I don't believe that anymore. He said, I believe that the rodeo arena is an arena like football or any other contact sport, hunting. It's a game of risk. It's a game of a chance, and it's, it's a tough game. And inevitably, that if you put your life on the line with a bucking horse or a bull or a rope and a steer when the horse is going 30 miles an hour, bad things can happen. It's just a law of nature. He said, I realized that. He said, but I want to tell you that it changed my life. He said, I grew up in church, but I was mad at God. My business was failing. My marriage was failing. My family was failing. And I prayed. And I begged. And I pleaded. And my prayers were not being answered. We were going to have to give up our, our business. We were going to have to sell everything. Everything was falling apart. And I'm going, why God? Why? And he was so angry at God. He said, we quit tithing. We quit praying before our ropings. We quit all of that the last few years. And then here we are. My son's dying in the arena. But he got up and he walked out. He came home and he had a serious talk with God. And God shared with him what I'm sharing with you. He said, I don't want your 15-year-old kid to die. That's not my will. I want you to go enjoy life and take chances. If you're a cowboy, go be a cowboy. But every now and then, good things happen to, bad things happen to good people. He's like, I see it. He said, I saw... I saw what Trey Johnson did. And then I saw what people did. You see, God can take a bad situation and turn it around for good. Everybody believes that, right? He said, our business was so bad that a few weeks before this roping, we'd been paying health insurance for 20-some years, and a few weeks before the roping, we quit paying our premium. We quit, we quit paying our premium. And he said, money started coming from everywhere. People we never knew started giving money. 
He said, nobody knew that we didn't have insurance. But money started pouring in. We hadn't had a, horse, a list of horse clients for a long time. And people start just bringing horses. He said, we got a waiting list for horses now. I saw God. And it changed everything. Listen to me, folks. I'm praying, oh God, what am I going to say after this? And then it hit me. We all wonder about... We've all either heard and we probably all said, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I read something the other day that says, saying everything happens for a reason is like blaming the ambulance driver for the wreck. The ambulance driver is there to pick up the pieces and heal and mend and get you to the one that can put you back together. That's where God works. God showed up in Trey Johnson so he could pray a prayer of authority. He was probably the only person there that actually believed that he could speak life back into his body. God showed up with people to encourage and lift them up and take them to the hospital and take care of things at home and do all these things and send money. God showed up. That's where God shows up. The Bible says that we're supposed to walk in the image of Jesus. And that's what people did. Unfortunately, it takes a disaster sometimes for people to wake up and walk like Jesus. But it, that's just the way it is. And it did. And it changed his family. No insurance, hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay, and they've got it taken care of. God shows up to help those who need. That's where God shows up. That's how God works. He gave dominion and authority to Adam. Adam gave it away to the enemy. The enemy just screwed things up, and we're living with the consequences of horrible things. But Jesus came and was crucified and he died and was resurrected to give us the authority that Trey Johnson believes in. And some of us are questioning, but we're going to change that. Amen. We're going to change it. We're going to walk in our authority. We're going to walk in authority of who we are because we've been walking in this authority. We walk in our body. We wonder how we look, what people think of us. We, think, and we, we, we worry about our soul and our emotions. And there's nothing wrong with a, a lot of emotions, but most of them's a liar. But this is the spirit of truth. We are a three-part being. We live in a body. We have a soul. But this is who we really are. The reason I know this is true, there was 300 people at that church service yesterday. Let me share something else with you. The Lazy Arena. God gave me the revelation. Something else I share. The la- this fabulous arena. God said, let me show you where I'm at in this world. He said, say you rented the Lazy E from the people who own it. And you started putting on rodeo events and, and roping events and, and all kinds of events in the Lazy E Arena. The people that own it created it. And they gave the lease to me. It would have to be bought. So I would buy the lease and put on events. But those people created it and they have the deed to it. And if I need something, I can go to them and say, Hey, the plumbing's broke. Can you fix it? Hey, the ground. We need new ground in here. Can you fix it? Hey, the outside's kind of dented up where the truck ran into. Can you fix it? 
They've got the deed. They're the Alpha and Omega. Can you see where God fits in right here? He gave us the lease, and it's up to us to make the phone call to the owner and say, Hey, help! We need some help here. Can you get us through this hell on earth right now? That's where God is. Amen? There was 300 people in this church service. And all day long, because the rodeo went all afternoon, all day long I had people coming up to me. It's the greatest day of my life. And they said things like, it was liberating. I've been in church all my life, but this was liberating. I've never, I've always said all things happen for a reason, but I, in the back of my mind I'm going, but, that, but how can a loving God do that? That just don't make sense. And I had people coming up and saying, that's the piece of the puzzle I've been missing. Dozens and dozens and dozens of people. I, every person there was engaged like I've never seen them engaged before. The Holy Spirit was just walking all, and was just running all over the place. Every single person there was tuned in and getting what I was talking about. What God was talking about. Not what I was talking about. I had, nothing, I had something completely different I was going to talk about. All day long, I had confirmation. Lives were changed. John 14. Uh, let me back up and, say, and tell you another story. I had a guy come up to me. Before the church service, five minutes before the church service, and he, we got into a lengthy discussion, and it kind of got heated. And, and and he said, "We're just we're just mere mortals. We're, we're just mere mortals." And I said, "No, no, we're not mere mortals. God's up here. We're down here. No, 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 no." I said, "I can't." I said, "My body is immortal. This is an earth suit." And it's going to come apart and I'm going to get out of it. This, this guy right here is, is temporary. But this is who I really am. It's the Spirit of God. And I told him, the Spirit of God is alive in me. The Spirit of God is alive in me. I'm not immortal. Those two guys are mortal. But who I really am is not a mortal being. There was a deep darkness in that conversation like I've never felt before. That's who I really am. I said, John 14, 12, I, I, I quoted, I said, that Jesus said, if you have faith, you'll do the same things I'm doing. And you'll do even greater things. I said, that's what I believe. He wants us to do what Jesus did. I'm going to share something else with you. I didn't think I could do it. Trey Johnson did it. But I don't think I've got the faith of Trey Johnson. I'm, I'm still growing. I'm still trying to realize who I really am. It's a work in progress. But yesterday I raised people from the dead myself. I did. I raised people from the dead. God, through me, raised people from the dead. He allowed me to be used to raise people from the dead. You see, the Bible is a spiritual book. And there are people all over this nation, all over this nation, who are sleeping in their spirit. They go to church, they're faithful, they're going out of obligation, they're sitting there filling the pew, but their spirit is asleep. I'm telling you right now, the reason I know that, because my spirit has been asleep. 
I said a prayer that's going to get me to heaven one day when I was five years old. I was five years old and I did not want to go to hell. And I said, Lord, I want you to come live on the inside of me so I can go to heaven. And ever since then, I've worried about whether I was going to go to heaven. Because when I screwed up, I'd go, oh my goodness. How can I ask forgiveness for that? So then I would avoid God. And I wouldn't pray. Until the guilt went away. When I'd forget about, then I could go back. So I would go weeks living like hell. Because I didn't have the spirit alive in me. Because I didn't realize that I've been made the righteousness of God. But we're called to do what Jesus did and even greater things. And yes, that means raise people from the dead. Spiritually. Spiritually. Do you know, I mean, listen. Church attendance is stinking all over this country. Golf courses and baseball diamonds on, on Sundays are full. Why? Because churches and people in them are asleep. They don't know who they are. Because we've been taught, God's up here, you're down here. Ephesians, I'm going to prove this to you. Ephesians 5.14 says, For anything that becomes visible is Light. Write it down. Ephesians 5.14. It says, For anything that becomes visible is light. Please write this down. Send yourself a text. Ephesians 5.14. For anything that becomes visible is light. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Oh, man, this gets right down where we live. Huh? Somebody shout Honolulu. I want to go there. <laughs> Romans 13, 11 says, wake up from your slumber. Turn to Romans 13. Right, uh, Romans thir uh, Roman, uh, Ephesians 5, 14. And then Romans 13, 11 says, wake up from your slumber. Romans 13, 11. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than we have first believed. Do you know who, who was writing this? Paul was writing this to, to the Romans. See, the whole New Testament is trying to get the Jewish people to quit living by the law. Quit trying to, to live by these uh, works-based religion. You can't do it. Paul and Jesus and Peter were all saying, quit this. There's 650 of those laws. You can't keep them. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. That's what they're talking about. Awake, O sleeper. Wake up from your slumber. Romans 13, 1 and 2. Uh, verse 2 says, Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. What is the authority? 
It wasn't talking about the law of the land. The authority is who they believed they were. Trey Johnson took authority. Now, if you read it from that context, the authorities that have existed have been established by God. Christ alive in you. That's the authority that he's talking about. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority, Christ in you, and believes in the old religious system of laws and regulations, is lost. It's in black and white. Now go to uh, uh, verse 11. And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has come, for you to wake up from your slumber. He says it again. Wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than ever before. Salvation from what? Salvation from those two guys. Our ego. Salvation from religion that's dead. That's, uh, that's salvation. Do you get to go to heaven because of that? Sure. You get both. You get to be the light of the world and walk in your authority and speak life into people and raise spirits from the dead. So, look at verse 12. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. They're almost done with the religious system so they can, they can live in the new covenant that Jesus gave us. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness. Who are they talking to? The religious people, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the people that would not accept Jesus for who He was. Get away from that and put on the armor of light. What did we read just a minute ago? For anything that becomes visible is light, and that's what we're called to be. Amen? God's been giving me revelation. You say, God speaks to you? Yes, He does in my spirit. And I've got a book of revelations and it, and that, he, that He speaks to me. John 14, 14. It's been so... so uh, let me back up a few weeks ago. The reason that works, trying to earn your way to heaven or earn your way to forgiveness or uh, confess your way to, con, uh, to forgiveness and uh, earn favor with God, the reason works has been taught... For hundreds of years, just God spoke this to me. The reason works have been taught for hundreds of years in the church is because church people wanted to put rules on others to make them feel better about themselves. The church leaders put rules on people going back to the old covenant, ignoring Jesus just like they did back in the Bible times. They put laws on them so the leadership could stand up there and feel good about themselves. Think about it. Nobody is righteous on their own. But for thousands of years, there have been teachers stand up here and teach, and then they go throughout the week and go, I'm imperfect. I'm crummy. I failed, like we all do. But instead of realizing that we've been made the righteousness of God through what Jesus did, they puff themselves up by coming up here and going, You've got to live by this commandment. You mess up here. And if you do, you're going to have to come up here. Why are there no men in churches? Because we say if you mess up, because a bunch of guys try to make them feel good about themselves standing up here. Because if you mess up, you're going to have to come up here. You're going to have to straighten up. You're going to have to quit cussing. You're going to have to quit drinking. You're going to have to quit smoking. You're going to have to quit all that, all that dangerous stuff. And you're going to have to sit there, be nice, and act like a girl. Do you, the, the Christian church in this country is 70% women and 10% men. 
And I don't know about the rest. Somewhere in between. That's a fact. I said a prayer when I was five years old. But I didn't walk in my authority because I wasn't worthy. I was, I've been in the ministry for eight years and I've not walked in my authority until the last few months. I used to be, I'm going to tell you something I ain't never told you before. I used to be late getting to this service because I, I had to talk myself into coming here. Because every week I'd mess up, I'd blow up. I'd get mad at the cows. I'd get mad at my I'd, I'd blow up. I didn't have faith. I didn't trust God. I was just like, how was I supposed to come up here and tell y'all how to live? I wasn't worthy. I couldn't come up here and tell ten chickens and a couple goats how to live for the Lord. I can't do that. How am I supposed to lead a church? You know why I was late today? Because God kept pouring me revelations. I was writing down in my revelation book. He was pouring stuff on me right and left. I couldn't quit writing stuff down today. You tell me I'm wrong. I'm ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I want you to catch this fire. Do you know? Let me tell you something. I'll tell you that in a minute. They sung a song a minute ago in the garden. I walk in the garden. He talks with me. He walks with me. We sing songs about it. But most of us don't believe it because we don't understand who we are. The Spirit of God is alive in me. We sing songs about it. We read verses about it but we don't really understand it. Bill Winston said this, Guilt blinds our faith. It makes us inferior. But righteousness puts you on the level of Christ, and that's okay. So we can function as Christ. That's what our Father wants us to do. He wants us to be like Jesus. Real repentance is this. It's not asking forgiveness of sin or even turning away from sin. Real repentance is when we change our mind and believe who we really are. Because now I recognize the voice of truth. Yeah, I still have the same desires that I used to have, but these guys aren't controlling me right now. Right now, I have the spirit of righteousness inside of me that gives me confidence who I am. This is who I am. So I can come up here and tell you how to live. Not by my works or what I have done, but what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Because my Father sees me as that Spirit. And He put all my crumminess on His Son 2,000 years ago. And I'm good with that. Is that a license to sin? Heck no. When I know who I am, I don't want to sin anymore. Temptation isn't a temptation anymore. Love pours out of me. My sister's here. I haven't treated her right. When she was learning to walk, I had a football helmet on. I was three years older than her, and as soon as she'd stand up, I would tackle her. That pretty much sums up our relationship. I ain't kidding you. I love my sister more than right now than I have ever loved her in my life because it's not by my own works. It's not by my emotions or how I feel. 
Sis, I love you with all of my heart because God's spirit of love is in me. I love my wife. Oh, I love my wife. It's not because I, we have gained ground in our marriage by doing things and going to class and learning. Yeah, that helps. I love my wife because the Spirit of God is overflowing in me right now. Oh, I love my daughter. I haven't picked up a rope virtually in three years. Because I want to do what she... Because I just love being with her. I don't want to miss a single minute. That's how I know it's real. That's how I know that being alive, Him alive in me, it's real. It's not something I created. I can't manufacture that. I'm going to smoke a holy cow right now, but I'm going to show you something ain't nobody ever seen. God gave me a revelation. I want anybody who has a Bible, go to Romans 10. I don't even know what time it is, but I'm, I'm, I got another 10 minutes in me. You're just going to have to... I've let you out early before, and that's just, I'm going to have to carry that over tonight. I've known two verses my whole life. I've known John 3, that I could quote on the spot. I've known John 3, 16, and I've known Romans 10, 10. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. And that's a very important verse. That if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Let's read Romans 10.1. And before we do, I want you to realize that Paul is writing to people who are caught up in a religious system, much like the system that we are caught up in in America today, okay? Can we, can we agree on that? He's talking to people that think that they have to work their way for God's approval, much like our system today. Verse 1 says, Brothers, my heart's desire, his, from his heart, it's my prayer to God for the Israelites who are caught up in this religion, that they may be saved. Saved from what? I'm going to show you something that's going to blow your socks off. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. And like we have in our religion, we got people that are zealous. They're doing a lot of work and they're teaching a lot of Sunday school classes and they're singing a lot of hymns. They're zealous for God. But their zeal is not based on real knowledge. It's based on a religious system. He's talking about religious people back then, okay? Since they do not know what? They're messed up in their old system because they do not know what. What's your Bible say? Somebody, say it. What's it say? Huh? Righteousness. There it is in black and white. But their zeal is not based on righteousness. It's, it's based on a religious system. Since they do not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish, those people are seeking to establish their own system. 
since they did not know their own righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's what? To what? Righteousness. Christ is the end of the law, the end of the religious system. Christ did everything so that there may be what? Righteousness for who? Everyone who believes. Why is it so important for us to know He's alive in us? Why is it so important for us to know that we have been forgiven? Why is it so important for us to know that this Spirit is alive and I can walk in authority like Trey Johnson? It's okay. Because Paul's begging him, walk in righteousness so you can know who you really are. It's right there. Three times in two verses, they say righteousness. Moses, in verse 5, says, describes it this way. The righteousness. Well, there it is again. Daddy, I've never seen this before. I've read Romans 10 maybe a thousand times. Hundreds of times, I know. Not till the day after what happened yesterday. Not by coincidence. The man who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness, that's talking about the law and legalism, but the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend to heaven? Who will go to hell? What does the religious system do? Well, by golly, they, they ain't been to church in a while. My golly, they ain't said the prayer right. Or my golly, they ain't come and confessed enough. Ah, they're going to hell. Or look at so-and-so. Well, he's up there teaching, and he's up there singing, and he's on the board. Well, you know he's going to hell. Let's say, No! Don't do that. Don't do that. Who will descend or who will go up? Don't mess with who's coming and going. You worry about yourself and know who you are. That's what it's saying. Verse uh, 8 says, but what does it say? The it says the word is near you. Oh, you folks are so close to really getting a revelation of who you are. That's what Paul's saying. The word is so near. The word. Who is the word? What is the word? It's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. What is the Word? Come on, somebody. Who is the Word? Jesus. 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 Jesus is so near. You guys are just this close to getting it. Jesus is so near. It is in your mouth and it's in your heart, but you won't let go of your religion. That is the word of faith. It's faith. It's faith. Paul's saying it's faith. Proclaim it's faith. <laughs> Proclaim it's faith. And then we go into that familiar verse 9 with a whole, new, a whole new way of thinking. It's not just about heaven. Yes, heaven is a great bonus, but until we get there, let's walk in authority. Let's raise some people from the dead. Let's, let's look at this verse. Knowing this, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. Saved from what? Yeah, saved from hell. And what else? Hell on earth. My ego. Those two guys over on the other side. Saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. 
and it is with your mouth that you confessed, I am saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. Everybody's the same in the Lord of all and richly blesses all that call him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What is the name of the Lord? Forgiveness, love. That's who I am. If you will call on the name of the Lord, which is who you are, you're going to be saved from being ashamed. Like I have been my entire life since I was five years old until the last couple of years, and God's taken me down a road of learning about the three-part being and righteousness. Some of you are going, wait a minute, I still get still too good to be true. 2 Corinthians 5.21 is my favorite verse now. Because it says, God made him who had no sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 said, God made him who had no sin to become sin for me that I might what? Fulfill my God-given destiny. That I might what? Too good to be true. That I might what? What does the word say? What does Jesus say? That I might what? I might become the righteousness of God. Alive in me. That's who I am. That's who I really am. That's how come I, I don't have any fear of dying. Because I'm not going to die. My spirit will live forever because that's who I really am. Everybody gets caught up into who I am as an emotional person with thoughts and family and body and this and that and it's going to die one day. I used to want to have, I, when we started this church and we got to going and we started rocking, we'd had 250 people here and I just knew we was going to be the biggest church in northeast Oklahoma. Man, I was fired up. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. And by golly, there I, can't, I can't do very many things right, but I can talk. And we're going to have the biggest church in Oklahoma. Well, we've had thousands of people come and go. And our crowds have dwindled. And I'm going to tell you why. There's a couple of reasons. Because number one, People have come in here and they've got fired up, but they didn't get all their prayers answered because they didn't understand how God works in this universe. They got mad at God. 99% of the people I deal with on a daily basis, mind you, I, I don't deal with atheists. I dealt with two atheists my whole life. I deal with people that are mad at God. They blame God for not answering their prayers. That's why we got to look. People also quit church. People, people actually come church looking for a reason to be offended so they can leave and say, God, I tried, but you know, the old Justin, he just was doing that, 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 that. Oh, Kelly, he was rude to me, didn't speak to me. And that Charlie, he's grumpy all the time. I'm not going to church there anymore. Used to want to be the biggest church. Now, I don't care if none of y'all show up. I don't care about numbers. I'm growing. Y'all stay at home. We had over a thousand people watch the video yesterday and 300 there, and I don't know how many thousand watched it today. People are watching right now between 250 and 500 every week. 
And we got videos that, 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 are, that are reaching tens of thousands of people because they haven't heard some of the stuff we're talking about. Am I the chosen one? <laughs> Absolutely. God's chosen me like he chose Paul. Paul went to take away, talk, to, to, to change the way they think and tell them about how, how righteous they are. He went around the world to do it. And I'm the modern day Paul. But the thing about it is, so are you. Every one of you. It's just that I'm starting to believe it. And that's what I want for you more than anything in the world. I want you to believe that he's alive. He don't just live there just to get you to heaven. He is alive in you so other people will get to heaven. <laughs> because people ain't going to follow some dead person filling up space on a pew no matter what you tell them about heaven. Not for real. They'll do it for a season. They'll do it for a while until it gets old like we've seen. But if... He is alive in you. They will come. They will follow. They will change. And the world around you will change in the process. Lord, I love you more now than ever. I never thought I could understand you. I never thought I could understand the Bible. I never thought I could be good enough. But thank God you sent Jesus and he became all of that for me. Lord, we've got people here that's rethinking the purpose of life. Lord, I thank you that we have sparked a fire. And I come against any authority that's going to try to put that fire out in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Lord, I thank you that you've equipped us. I thank you that you've strengthened us. And I think you've given us every resource we need to become the image of Jesus. Help us to heal the sick and the brokenhearted. Help us to raise people from the dead. Help us to realize that's what you want us to do. Lord, help us go out and be the light of the world. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.